You're listening to Opening the Tent, Stories of Jewish Belonging, an original podcast produced by the NYU Bronfman Center for Jewish Student Life. Our guest today is Mel Friedel, the Ezra Experiential Education Fellow at the Bronfman Center. How has my Jewish identity been shaped in the past year? It feels like the most rich year for my Jewish identity. Like, I think starting to like move through society as a Jewish professional for the first time a little over a year ago. I really have sort of started to like, I guess I've sort of slipped into a confidence that I didn't have. And like, not only am I developing new lenses to see the world in a more like spiritually empowered way, but I think a lot of the spaces I've been a part of and like the teachers I've had and the conversations I've been a part of have given me a lot of permission to be Jewish in the way that feels authentic for me and that's so different than what being Jewish in the way that I was raised in a certain like shape of Jewish form that I was expected to fit into that I didn't ever like Judaism (laughs) and it just didn't have anything to do with me and over the past year, it feels like every day it has more and more to do with me and I'm finding myself more in it or I'll find out like, oh, this is already something that I really love practicing. Like, oh, I, I already feel like this deep sense of gratitude and this like new level of depth of my lungs when I reach the ocean and when I see the, the ocean and then finding out that there's a Jewish blessing for when you see the ocean is like, what? <laughs> That's been in me all along. <laughs> um, and so... I do think there's, um, yeah, like a, a new empowerment that um, through being steeped in more Jewish experience and Jewish text and Jewish practice over the past year and just like being invited and called into new spaces, um, I've learned a lot of ways in which I actually do fit that I didn't know about before. It feels so funny because um, there's like a version of myself that I've become that no one from home recognizes before Bronfman and before Springboard. And they like are loving seeing like who she becomes, but they're like, oh, we don't remember her. So how did I get here? Oh, why did I become why did I even choose this path? Literally random. Random. I am a random Jew. Like I think I'll I will I'll refer to like this sort of pivotal Jewish moment that I kind of like realized that Judaism was important to me. That was in my junior year of college in my semester abroad in Paris. Um, and at that point, I still like wasn't into Judaism. I was raised in um, a casual conservative community where like most of my friends were in like a reform conservative practice and no one was like really into it. It was like as a spiritual or religious thing. It was a cultural and social hub for us, which I loved about it, but I never really was like Jewish on a, I was like, I refused to go to my confirmation ceremony even after my parents had sent me through all the confirmation year classes and I like complained every Wednesday and Sunday I went I went and then I refused to go through the confirmation ceremony because I was like I actually don't want to be confirmed in this thing that I don't believe in and I don't identify with um and then um I I kept that sort of like anti-organized religion atheist very which I don't think that that like there are plenty of Jewish atheists and I think Judaism is welcoming of that Um, but I just was sort of, um, yeah, resistant to, like, 
a lot of the like canon and the parts that like are foundational to the community um that I think followed me through college and then it wasn't until I was in Paris my junior year um where I suddenly was so aware of my Judaism in a way that I had never noticed before um and suddenly it felt like okay wait this is actually something to be examined and this is actually a part of me that is apparently relevant and um I started I started to realize like I was the only Jewish person in my program um I actually was studying at the Catholic Institute of Paris <laughs> um I remember like at one night out with other students um I met this French Jewish student and it was like this fascination to me because I was like oh my gosh like I walk through the streets here and I feel so aware of my Judaism and like finally now like someone who might understand and I was really seeking that understanding and I didn't feel belonging there in the way that I had accidentally taken for granted all the years in Jewish spaces growing up. What was it about being in Paris that made me feel out of place as a Jew? Um, I think it was like a lot of the narrative before I got there of like my parents saying, don't bring any of your Jewish jewelry or your Hebrew jewelry, like don't tell anyone you're Jewish. And like this sort of like fear <laughs> that um, I'm laughing just sort of out of like this sort of nervous laughter, but um, it really is like this fear that, that was instilled in me before I went there. And I did share with my um, professors and peers that I was Jewish and I actually was thankfully accepted for that and people were sort of like fascinated by like oh this Jewish girl in our class um and it was really amazing to be sort of like a Jewish representative <laughs> for some people but part of, I think so it was part of like before I got there and then also just like I think not being able to tell where the Jews were <laughs> like I feel like in America I've always found the like the Jewish people and like gravitated towards them and like um in college I didn't really gravitate towards Hillel during the first three years of college because I had already made so many Jewish friends just through like the dorms and classes and other activities and um I felt I felt Jewishly surrounded and Jewishly held differences that people would get um and when there was a bomb risk situation in one of the Jewish residential neighborhoods in Paris everyone on my program was talking about it as sort of like a political like separate event from then like oh how scary and it for me it felt so personal but like it just I became very aware that I was sort of alone in that identity and yeah the passive part of it really came to the surface and I realized this can't be this like can't be something passive for me anymore I need to make it active Are there other times in my Jewish journey where I had that exhale experience? I think like even once I once I became a Jewish professional and I tapped into this Jewish pride and Jewish excitement and really like this thirst to keep drinking from this well of like wisdom and excitement and I feel like I was having these like two different identities where it's like okay like secular Jewish Mel is this version and then like hyper spiritual Jewish Mel is this other version and like how do they both fit into like my body and my interactions and my life 
And even though the first chapter is so much longer, this later chapter feels so much louder. And the first time that I really felt like I actually, like, they could be one and, like, I actually could be a part of myself and, like, move through society with, like, spiritual pride rather than sort of, like, spiritual shame was last summer when I was um, in this program called BCI in California run by Brandeis Searing and um, I went as a professional development opportunity as part of Springboard and it was this cohort of like 40 Jewish people in their like 19 to 29 age range and what we created there really was like wow it was a very radical experience of Judaism it was like a new like part of the goal of the program is sort of to like make people feel like they are creative really the the most pivotal moment of that was um a practice at BCI called Avodat Halev, Service of the Heart, where we all would gather every morning and every evening to hear sort of um, a, a five-minute story from each of the participants and staff members. And I wrote mine about where I had this this crazy experience where I like was in communication with a star. <laughs> and I'm even laughing about this now because it feels so silly. And I am embarrassed to talk about it still in so many spaces. The way that people actually like related and supported and celebrated me for that aspect of myself at BCI was like a whole new sense of belonging. That like I finally had permission to use this language of like God and to like talk about talking to a star in a way that in my old community at home I just yeah never felt comfortable the message that I sort of received from this star was like really like a like a it felt like an umbilical like uh, non-verbal like love flow like it just felt like a little like delivery of just like divine compassion and like okayness that is like what I also see as like a lot of like this core like sense of being that is like neither good nor bad there I was like you know not the first person to feel lost in that desert certainly not even the first person like in my own ancestry to to be wandering in a desert and that's what a lot of like god language means to me is like just just holding it all even in the walls of Bronfman, there's a certain version of me that is still, like, um, you know, to align with certain expectations of, like, what a Jewish educator or a Jewish professional, like, should look like or sound like. Or, honestly, with full transparency, like, I don't think it's, like, I still don't feel like it's that relatable on a wide level to, like, talk about communicating with stars. That feels a little weird to me still. And so that's why it was, like, such a radical experience at BCI to really be held in that and to feel, like, that was actually welcomed and like relatable. So um, maybe it's more relatable than I'm giving the world credit for, but yeah, I, I definitely like feel like I'm still coming into this full version of myself. And so I'm really grateful for you like holding this space and um, allowing me to reflect on my, you know, most recent fully formed as, as of yet <laughs> version of myself.
Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by the Beehive Story Collective of the NYU Bronfman Center. Subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts for new episodes every Monday.